Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight, that's our topic. 
So, James, anything you want to say before we get started? I'm sorry, not yeah. James, but Jim. <laughs> oh, I can see this is going to be a fun night. Uh, yeah, all uh, these J's. <laughs> right. And for those listening, uh, James spells his name J-A-Y-M-E-S. Okay. But uh, if you Google his name, you'll find that he was uh, has been recognized as one of the most influential uh, blacks in technology uh, in, in in media. When was that, James? You got that award? Uh, it's been a while back, but it, it was uh, basically just a recognition with other people who were pretty early on in the tech uh, thing, you know, early 90s uh, with the whole web thing. Um, being modest, I mean, um, so, you know, I'd love to get into the conversation about and I what know, is it. I know it, it, it's my fault. I, I've, uh, we, our friendship goes back so far, uh, like you say, to the old old men of the net. I know that you're here to talk about your current passion of education, of which you've been working feverishly at uh, for the last couple of years, and the different uh, projects and that you helped. Uh, everybody was talking about that 11-year-old that uh, won that AT&T challenge. Weren't you on the board or one of the uh, uh, judges at that event? Uh, no. I, you, you're talking about the one a few weeks ago? Yes. And uh, by AT&T, yeah, uh, I, I think the kids were like 16 and 14, which are really young. And, you know, there was a young lady who won $20,000 prize for coming up with an, an app that had a very simple premise, you know, how to keep people from texting while driving. And she and her brother, along with some other programmers, um, they helped create this application. They created a storyline and a video that really talked about, you know, a lot of different people, unfortunately, text while driving. Teenagers do it. Parents do it. uh, Professionals at work. And she just took on the task of saying, you know, hi, I don't like my mom to text when she drives because it makes it very dangerous and I love my mom. So what they did is they put together a commercial, like a little video went out and just, you know, playing, of course, shot their mom uh, driving and texting. And uh, and then they put some messaging. And, And the whole idea is an app challenge doesn't necessarily have to have a technical uh, result. Applications can be used to deliver message, like marketing. In this case, this young uh, lady was part of a, Yeah. James, let me interrupt you because you have a passion like I do, and mm-hmm. I know that uh, you just was at the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, uh, Tech Challenge up in the Bay Area uh, uh, last week. I know you was at the AT&T Tech Challenge. I know you've been a part of Startup America and a lot of the uh, – uh, a co uh, co working uh, movement that's going on across the country, as well as your background in the uh, film and music industry. So, like I said, I kind of go from all over the board with you. But the purpose of you on the show tonight, as Jackie spoke of, was how we at Urban Tech Fair and through our community can support uh, your efforts at Edutech and to spread the word and to demonstrate the new possibilities that are coming relative to how our children are going to learn in the future or be educated. Is it going to be like the Jetsons 
where they're sitting at home hitting different screens and the teachers talking to them in the back of the car, or is it going to be more towards the fundamental sit down with a paper and pencil and learn, learn your reading, writing, uh, your, your three R's? And I know that this is your passion and you're knowledgeable, and I just wanted to do a little uh, brief uh, overview and welcome you to the show. Okay, well, uh, thank you both, both you, Jim, as well as Jacqueline. And uh, as you say, you know, over the years, even though I've done a, quite a lot of commercial interactive entertainment projects, uh, in, in an interesting way, they've always had a education side bend. You know, I worked on uh, Spike Lee's Four Little Girls with HBO years ago, and my job was not only to create the interactive website and online video component, but went to the Action Museum, uh, Civil Rights Museum in Alabama, created some additional video and created an interactive kiosk product that went into schools and museums, but and in other commercial projects came that way. But let me go back and say, if people, if your listeners have an opportunity, do two things: just Google the word EdTech, E D U T E C H, and you'll see that EdTech really speaks to just the education industry coming to the technology industry, or they're coming together, and entrepreneurs and startups who are creating solutions to help, you know, make teaching and learning better for all. It, you know, some solutions are student-focused. You know, students are walking around with heavy backpacks uh, with books that could be made digital. Uh, there are, you know, they're not being engaged as much as they could have. You know, personalized learning allows for, you know, digital solutions that will maybe bring from another place that's not on location with the student to give them one-to-one help as well as um, there's a teacher focus where teachers are constantly getting inundated with things to do besides just teach to the class. And uh, there are tools that help them from everything from managing um, uh, the attendance to communicating with parents to communicating with new curricula that's coming down the line. And and then there's parent um, tools that actually help parents track their child's progress and actually plan, help plan their um, progress educationally. And, and, and I say, and so over the years I have participated in a variety of conferences around the world that merge technology and entertainment and media. And um, as of a while back, I, I decided wholeheartedly to start engaging down the path of looking how technology from my point of view, can help engage the education process. And that education in North America, let's get to the point, is very, very broke. It's in that you have students that are not being met with their needs, where whether it's uh, not enough teachers uh, to accommodate students, whether there's not enough schools with classrooms to accommodate the amount of students, whether there's not enough information that's really to engage them in as you said, Jim, the basics, reading, writing, and arithmetic, or mathematics and on. And, it's in the, and that's at the pre-K level, at the uh, college level, and at the entry retraining level for adults. So technology, particularly mobile technology, meaning mobile devices, tablets, smartphones, and wireless Internet, are coming about as solutions to help engage people with their ongoing education needs. Uh, I know I asked someone a while back, I said, you know, I think uh, the sentiment used to be how much education does a person need? And the question used to be, unfortunately, you know, enough to get a job. Well, I'm going to be frank with you. That's never been a good answer, and today that's a horrible answer because the job requirements are ongoing. You know, you are learning something new every day. You are engaging with people new every day. You are engaging with 
communication and technology. So really, you need enough. You need to be a lifelong learner. You need to be able to go with the flow as well as add to the flow. And, and so, my Ed Summit at this education and technology or entertainment conference called Digital Hollywood is really a track that involves a lot of people, not only educators and technology, but also celebrities and, and uh, government officials and a variety of people who have our stakeholders in their own kids or their own communities doing well. Because for this country to come up and to stay uh, where it needs to be as a leader in democracy and, and other types of freedom, it must have a very well-educated populace. It must people who must seek it out just like we seek out to endorse and to grow our talents in the arts and in sports, you know, academia or coming up with new ways of looking at things has to be supported from our community. So I'm excited about being on the UTF line talking to the digital drummer and such because it is important for me to get feedback and to reach people and say, you know, come to our events, support us, join our challenges, come up with challenges we can, that we can bring to you and help leverage technology because technology is not going away. It is the way things are. It's not the future. It is what we are dealing with now, and it's more important that a lot of us get engaged. And I know I could, um, if I could, without taking a small break, let me let me give a scenario. I was in, as you say, James, in San Francisco uh, last week at Facebook uh, with the launch of a, participating in the hackathon, which was a challenge to hack out an application, in this case around education, not realizing it was the kickoff for a relationship between Facebook and the Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, to put up about $2.5 million in prize money towards any application that was specifically geared towards helping African-American and Latino students access college and, more importantly, succeed at college. So with that said, you know, they're looking for ideas to approach, you know, pre-college students, which means anything from ninth grade on up or even or earlier, because what their information and research has shown them is that the attitudes about schooling, about your peers, how well you do, how well your peers do in school, are really critical about student success. Most students don't, unfortunately, go higher learning and stay there because of some information or attitudes such as, you know, it, it's not for me. Uh, it was never really talked about when I was growing up. My friends don't go there. I don't see anybody look like me. These are some horrible excuses for why, unfortunately, a lot of our students are not doing well at colleges and universities. And this is based on behaviors and attitudes which can easily be changed. So the goal of this challenge is to provide this information and to say, ask people to come up with tools that will solve these attitude issues so that they can engage early on in getting applications filled out for financial aid, for scholarship, to stay on track with classes that will help them do well. And so when they leave their high school, they're actually prepared academically for college-level work. you with an idea to uh, facilitate the registration of classes in the uh, in the administration process of, of of signing up at the university, and that these are the type of ideas that that they're looking for, whether they be practical. But uh, explain a little bit about that story of the guy with the uh, 
that, t- that take challenge and that type of application. Give our listeners a feel for uh, what a, uh, uh, whether we're talking about from a gamification point of view of a series of, uh, of, of questions or interaction with the, uh, the software, whether we're talking about from a, a mob- mobile perspective of being able to connect to the uh, parent-teacher group uh, to whatever device you have available to uh, uh, supervise and participate in the education of your child. Um, excuse yeah, me, gentlemen. Go ahead. Yeah, James had dropped for a moment, Jim, but he's oh. back. Um, but but if we can, just for because we have you know different people coming in at different times, um, if we could just first start. Just to give people understanding, James, if you could just first tell us, you know, EduTech, what it is, um, you know, because you basically told us the purpose and, and your passion for using technology to teach. But if you could just break down what EduTech Summit is and then okay. um, the things that will be happening there and then how do people can engage, and then we can go back and talk more about types of things, but I wanted the people to really get a focus. You know, I first want to focus on the edutech, and then we can bring things under that. Okay. Edutech is two things. Edutech Summit is an event that I've created at a uh, media and entertainment conference called Digital Hollywood. Digital Hollywood is a large event which has a variety of media and entertainment executives, uh, celebrities, technologists. They come together, and they show and tell and do workshops and seminars on where technology is taking media on mobile devices, on connected TV, on gaming. My track is to bring that same caliber of interest to celebrities and educators and other people who are coming up with solutions on a local as well as a global level on how we as individuals can use technology for education, teaching, and learning purposes. So at our particular event, there's everything from panel sessions with leading uh, people who've got online classes, such as Udemy, which, you know, this is a guy who I know from Northern California who's, you know, he allows anybody from a Harvard professor to the guy down the street to teach online classes, and it depends on how well you do, how, how well you engage, or how well you do. Some of his instructors I know earn six figures. To uh, one of our other uh, participants is a new company called Brain Rush, but Brain Rush, the founder is not new. His name is Nolan Bushnell. Nolan Bushnell created Chuck E. Cheese. He created Atari computers. He literally created the video game industry. And his new passion is working on how gaming is going to be important to, or game mechanics can help make education more fun, more engaging, and better results. And that's just uh, one of several different companies. But let me go to the other end before I can talk about another panelist. Uh, Bootsy, from everybody, who knows Bootsy? What do you mean, Boosie Collins? I love myself some Boosie Collins. I was 10 years well, old at a Boosie Collins concert, okay? <laughs> well, Boosie Collins has an online university. Look it up. It's called Boosie uh, Collins Funk You. And okay. it is where people come and learn how to play bass just from him and a variety of people. He has everybody from Stanley Clark to Michelle Indigo to a, a ton of others for teaching bass through his school. His school oh, has maybe. over 800 online video lessons. Wow. I mean, so it's not only things from curricula to the arts to um, training, post-entry into work. I mean, the whole online education thing is lifelong learning. 
So unfortunately, you know, I, this part may have missed out earlier when I got dropped when I said the, the sentiment used to be, well, how much education do you need? And the answer used to be from some people, enough to get a job. Well, I'm going to be frank with you. That was never a good answer and today. That's a horrible answer in that people constantly change their, uh, what the requirements of job on a day-to-day basis. They're communicating globally with people. So people need to be educated in a manner in which they are, you know, they're creative. They can leverage technology. They can leverage communication devices. They can, you know, assess needs of projects and get things done. So this is about lifelong learning. So we're bringing together an EdTech Summit at one of the largest entertainment technology and media events, and, you know, a sector of um, inter- people who are, you know, leading education companies, both new as well as established, who are leveraging mobile, which is very big, uh, tablets, and gaming as well to to reinforce the tr- the the curricula and the and the and the core standards, which will, you know, hopefully create a larger population of you know, U.S. citizens went and kicked butt in all the things we normally used to kick butt into, and that is the math, the science, the arts, and, of course, engineering. You know, it's about more of us engaged, not just a few. And that's mm-hmm. what EdTech Summit is. But also beyond that, just Google the word. EdTech Summit, unfortunately, is not wholly owned by me. It is a movement. It's literally thousands, hundreds of companies across the U.S. and around the world who are leveraging technology to change education for the better. You know, sometimes it's spelled E-D-U-T-E-C-H, and sometimes it's E-D-T-H-E-C-E. You know, the word how it's spelled, I'm a long weekend. But my point is, it doesn't matter how it's spelled. What's more important is it's a movement that's really positive for both the industry called education and, more importantly, for parents so they can have more say-so and control of how education and impact their, you know, the children in their lives. Okay. So now, <clears throat> from that level, you know, the next thing happening is, um, I know you, um, we we're posting about they have the College Knowledge Challenge, this summit in LA that's on October seventeenth. Well, let me um, separate those two. College Knowledge Challenge has, that's an event that I'm aware of. That's that's the event that was launched up at uh, Facebook between, uh, it's an initiative between Facebook and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and it's to provide about $2.5 million in um, grants to applications that can help specifically Latino and African-American students do well in college by approaching them early on, ninth grade if not earlier, and helping them get on a track so by the time that they get it, when they go to college, they are prepared to succeed. And that's everything from making sure that they are aware of, you know, things such as taking, uh, you know, filing applications for earlier, uh, filling out information in regards to um, grants and stuff, and also, more importantly, approaching the attitudes and behaviors about education. Uh some of the information that was presented by the Gates Foundation and others talked about, unfortunately, things like behavior and attitudes are a big indicator of why people succeed or don't succeed. And a lot of kids from the urban uh, meaning, uh, not meaning, but particularly African-American and Latino and other income and, uh, areas that had, unfortunately, low-income uh, students in these studies, attitudes such as, 
you know, I don't need to take these classes or my friends are not going to go to this school or school is not for me. Whether they got it from the student, their friends, or from a guidance counselor teacher, these attitudes harm students and harm parents' um, point of view on what education means to them, and they can be corrected. So there are simple things like how do we take apps to solve these attitudes, not to bring more math into the room and reading, which is, of course, necessary, but you can have all the math teachers and the, and the reading instructors and books and technology around you. If you don't have an attitude to do well and if your peers don't share that attitude, it will affect you. So the challenge is really about how to identify, you know, social capital for students, how their online communities and offline communities to be more proactive about education so they can take advantage of the multiple resources that are out there for people to do well in education or with their education. I think that um, we were talking the other day uh, about the responsibility as us as a community to uh, uh, do for our, our children, not depend on uh, our government or anybody else to take our uh, uh, destiny in our, in our own hands. I think you were telling me about some videos uh, relative to uh, the gang issue or the youth issue, and how if we don't help our kids, society will kill them. Oh, that is a you would bring the hard one. So I did let you know. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> I mean there are some other great groups who are tracking what's going on with black youth, in particular out of Chicago. There's an awesome group called Black Star, and they're about parents, fathers, yeah. and others getting engaged in their children in the community, and one of the things that came up on my radar a day ago was how this TV reporter had did an interview with black and gang members, and these gang members, you know, were just expressing their feelings, their, you know, their honest thoughts about life, and these things they were saying were unfortunately very, very negative, and, you know, I, if I don't get it, you know, I'll go take it on whatever, and here's my, and the, what was really the response to that were, oh, at the time, about 700, almost 1,000 people individually wrote emails saying, you know, we should just kill them, put them in a the room. Um, I mean, the, the responses were, when you show society that you don't really think well of yourself, unfortunately, large parts of society today will respond in kind and say, well, if that's how you feel, you know, let me help take you out. And, and, my, and my point in saying this is most people – are not that way. Most um, black people who are in those communities, which Black Star talks about, they said, why wasn't the other side given an opportunity to speak and to talk about their attitudes and what they feel about life and what they feel about education and such? Because when you had a one-sided view, then you had, of course, a response to that view where the other side was not given an equal opportunity to express what it's about, which really represented the larger majority. But to answer Jim's statement about we need to do for us, ourselves we, yes, we do, and I'm going to put it to you this way. Government is ourselves because we are the people. The government is representative of the people, and if the people don't step up and keep the government on what it's supposed to do, then the government will, you know, follow on whatever, you know, whoever's, you know, pulling the government here at that time. So, you know, we, the government, all these things are built by people. We are citizens of this country. We have a passport or an ID. We can go anywhere. We We have a rich history we've given to this country in blood, sweat, tears, we should be able to benefit from its opportunities as well as, you know, because we've been there digging it, you know, helping it there when it was 
at its lowest points when, you know, when it required people to sacrifice during wars. We not only, like any other citizen, gave up goods and services, we participated as uh, warriors and as soldiers, now, both men now, and women. Now, I, I didn't press your buttons. You know how I am about politics. We have this discussion yeah. all night long. Let's talk about the different events that you're going to have at the EdTech Summit. I know you're going to have a, a dinner. You're going to have some workshops. Uh, you're going to have a jazz band have like you did last year? Hell no. You're making me cuss. Man, are you forgetting I'm on the phone? I have no idea. Last year I had a friend of mine who's Prince's new bass player. He put together a jam session this year. <laughs> I'm more focused on let's go ahead and let's really – I want as many people as possible to really get involved in the ed tech movement because it's not about technology. It's about things and accessing people who could make ideas work because there are two principles that I really operate on. A, innovation requires investment. B, ideas require execution. You don't, you know, those things which are significant and, and are world-changing, and particularly to our communities, must happen hand-in-hand. So at our event, you know, you, whether you're attending the EdTech Summit or the larger event, which it's a part of, it's called Digital Hollywood, there's access to people that most people don't know about or wouldn't have any access to, from chairmen of the board to CEOs to presidents to inventors to celebrities, be their sports, entertainment, film, television, music, print, whatever. And it, when you live in an awesome, you know, you know, when you live in like California or in New York, these type of things happen all the time. But unfortunately, even the citizens, most citizens there, don't realize that type of accessibility is there. So I'm hoping that a lot of people do come out and participate. You know, they need to come to EdTech uh, Summit, EdTech Hollywood, so they can expect things in the media, and entertainment, and education, which, if they are important to them, they won't have access to it. <laughs> any easier way. But let me share something with you on, uh, again, on attitudes and behaviors. I spoke with a good friend of mine a few days ago. He's an accountant. He helped with some celebrities years ago. I can't be specific because after a while, everybody knows. But, you know, this guy helped us, you know, a singer. singer had a TV show, successful albums. And he before then, this accountant had worked on a lot of entertainment clients. Right now he's working with a lot of retirees, and I was at the Facebook thing, and I set him up there, and he said something to me. He said, hey, you know, you should help them out because, you know, they're really doing bad. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, did people not get the memo yesterday when I think Facebook had about a billion subscribers and 600 million of them are mobile? And my point is I asked them because we're trying to put some investors together. I'm like, what is the attitude about some of your clients about investment? He said, well, let me be frank with you. Most of my clients – Older blacks who do well from other areas, they've got their money through real estate, um, other businesses, they have a poor attitude. They, I'm, the word I think he uses, they are to technology. But I'm, I'm sad to hear that because, A, they represent some disposable income which could help kickstart innovation. B, more importantly, they are actually mentors. They are business people who have you know, great business and people insights which is necessary because it's just not money that makes things work. It's your Rolodex as well as a little cast, as well as your people skills that help that you know, tech companies need, be there are black tech companies or not. And for that much of the resources to be not on the table, it, it, it makes it harder, not easier. But 
the, the goal right now is to not to focus on who's not there, but to focus on who is there. And EdTech, after coming out of years of dealing with entertainment and entertainment and technology, entertainment and education and technology is like, it's a wonderful thing. You know, it's part of helping with the American crisis of our education system, of our teaching system, of our students not being engaged, of our students not doing well, of our schools not having the physical resources to manage the amount of students who want to come to school, of, of good teachers not being able to be engaged. And, you know, so it is not in itself a solution. It is a tool, and it's a tool which almost anyone can utilize and come up with and make better. So, you know, yeah, you got That's me on my right. soapbox here, Tim. We're reaching the halfway mark of the show, so can you give our listeners the actual web address to EdTech, the dates and the specifics? I would just do that, edtech.us. That is E-D-U-T-E-C-H-S-U-M-M-I-T dot U-S. And the actual date will be October 17th here in Los Angeles, and it will be held at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel in Marina del Rey, and it's part of a very a larger entertainment event called Digital Hollywood, and that's the web address is digitalhollywood.com. Uh, we got a host of people coming on board from uh, people like Bill Duke, who's been involved in technology for a while. He's got some media training companies to other companies, uh, Udemy, online classes. Um, I think I mentioned earlier about uh, Brain Rush, which is uh, Nolan Bushnell's company, who's the guy who created the video game industry. Um, I'm throwing out some celebrity names. If I get slammed on it, um, we just, I think we booked, uh, what is the guy's name, George Lopez, big guy, big into entertainment, big, of course, into causes which support education, um, and a variety of other people. Right now, there are just, how much, our topic this evening, our celebrities will be named on it. Yes? How much are the tickets, and what's the special code for them to get a discount? Well, UTF has a special code of just Urban Tech Fair to get a discount. But the tickets are on the website. Uh, I think they start student tickets are um, $75 in the, in the education industry. Uh, regular tickets up into our closing uh, for early registration about 95 And then I think our, the higher end, if you miss our early registration, those tickets are walking into the part of the apartment that's that does not have great internet. That's why I don't want to come over here. Or I don't want to lose this call. Um, oh yeah, here we go. So, student ticket seventy five, uh, and our base tickets are one thirty five. If you order by the tenth, after that is one ninety five. Um, email me. Let me know if there's some educators or some real cool tech people that I should be aware of. Um, I'm at James. That's J A Y M E S. Hines, H-I-N-E-S, at gmail.com. And uh, this is our break time to do. Now, let me just kind of add this as somebody who's uh, really enjoyed uh, the benefits of uh, Victor, of knowing of having a friendship with Victor Harwood and the uh, digital Hollywood experience over the last uh, 10 years. But... Um, as as people that in the industry know, tickets to Digital Hollywood alone, this is a $1,000 event that you're yeah. now going to have access to be able to walk in and meet and greet and be in close proximity and able to shake hands and pass out business cards 
with deal makers and and and, and, and knowledgeable technicians uh, with an interest in education, because those at the EdTech Summit are not just coming there because of the business of education, which is a trillion-dollar industry in and of itself, but because they have a passion like James Hines uh, in terms of wanting to create or be a part of or to innovate. Am I correct, James? Yeah, it's about empowering young minds and also in the hands that guide them, be their parents, teachers, or mentors. I mean, but back to your thanks for promoting for Digital Hollywood. I mean, in L.A. alone, it is about 2,500 people over four days. Now, even though our event is uh, – October 17th, it literally kicks off October 18th, I mean, sorry, October 15th to the 18th. It has about 2,500 people, 400 speakers. 400 are some of the hardest-to-reach executives and, and, and innovators and entertainers in entertainment and tech who come together because they realize it's necessary to network, meet and greet, and see what's going on. They do it once in L.A., we do it once in New York, and then we do it in uh, Vegas as a part of CES, Consumer Electronics Show. Um, so I'm really looking that a lot of people will come out who are who feel it's a requirement for them to meet people who are could be helpful to them, whether they have just an education interest or perhaps media and entertainment or even technology. But Digital Hollywood and EdTech Summit at Digital Hollywood is the place to be, and there's more affordable price than going through EdTech. Now, now, Jackie, do we have anybody in the chat room? Any questions from people online? Well, there are some folks in the um, chat room. They haven't posted any questions yet. But, um, and I'm dealing with my access to my, um, you know, sometimes the thing crashes, but I got it back because I didn't want to lose all the information. (laughs) So, um, but, the, you know, we do have a couple people in the chat room. They haven't posted a question yet. I think we've been pretty good at going over. So um, what my main focus is, what I would really like to do is to um, just take a quick break, and that means I'm just going to play something, and then we're going to come back. And um, I want to break down, because the Urban Tech Fair, we're movement as well. And we really want to get structured and move. So it's great to talk about these things, but we want to put people into action. So we're going to go step-by-step, different things that you can do. And the biggest thing we know that you can do is share. If you can't, but you can share and tell someone. Just like in real estate, they say location, location, location. We say a referral, refer, refer. Tell someone. And if we keep telling someone and telling others, we can create our own movement. So that's really what's important. So I want to ask James, what kind of music do you like? I mean, obviously you uh, like some funk. I don't know how much I, I like it all, here. but if you got some funk, if you got some funk, I won't say no. <laughs> I don't know if I got some funk right now. Probably closest thing I had is some funk, something a little fun. It, it's hip hop, but it's some creative um, music hip hop by some. They're not super young, but some middle of the way young guys called Hezekiah with Petey Crack, Two Face. They all here out of Philly. 
they know great producer and if you get the video it's called Hold It Now and it's a real fun video and a fun song. So we'll play that and then we're gonna come right back and figure out how we can each what we can do to make sure the Edutech movement starts going strong. Well make sure that we participate because we're already going strong. One, two This ain't for everybody, but it's for you. Lord, I see it coming, coming after me. I gotta say I'm having too much fun, and to top it all off, kill what you don't need. These things this is a matter of physics, and love is a matter of chemistry. Well, I ain't no chemist, ain't no hard feeling, this is business. This is just a snippet of new money, you oh Lord, I'm not in it. The rings and things, only your introduction. I'm sucked in and I'm feeling the repercussion. The more success I get, the more life is in. The more accessible I am to my vices in. The fast grows and I'm so controlled. Now I'm trying to fight these demons off like black snake moan. Top 500 grand. Now I'm king of the necklaces. Lord of the rings and I want my preferences. People try to
Okay, we're back. I apologize. My system's a little slow. But as I said, that was holding now by Hezekiah. I hope they got us a little upbeat. And now we um, want to talk about how can we help the movement? What can we do as individuals, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as educators, as students, as parents? And as okay, organizations, well, so give us each a task. Well, okay, specifically, I mean, the movement is that how can we leverage the movement for ourselves? So let me put it that way. The movement doesn't need help. We need to make sure that we're driving the movement. So let me reverse that. Okay. People are already stepped up to the plate. It's, it's our, it, let me make this very, very clear and very short. If you think the entertainment jumped on the web, meaning music and film, education or edutainment has already moved quicker, and there's more money being spent on the development of new companies and opportunities in edutainment or ed tech than there is than the movie and the music industry. It's already a big thing. It's already international. We Mm -hmm. as a community are just not showing up as – and more of our students are in school than anywhere else. More of our professionals were professional teachers, and we understand perhaps as a population in North America, education more than anyone else. However, we are not really being turned on or turning ourselves on to the opportunity to engage from pilot programs to grants. I mean, it's understandable that a lot of our great educators are definitely overworked. A lot of our parents are exhausted in taking kids from here to there. However, there are the EdTech movement is about tools to make those things Easier, and it's also about communicating with other people who figured out some solutions to this and want to engage others. So we can, as we say, each one teach one. But the ed tech movement is big. We want to make sure that we're driving ed tech, that it's solving our specific problems with students, both smart, both those who are grade level, above grade level, and below grade level. And it's also helping our educators, our parents, be better educated. Because unfortunately, when you have a lot of younger parents who then in itself means they perhaps don't have a great attitude or thoughts about education. And so we need to, you know, get the parents to get engaged so they can connect with others and reinforce and, and let them know that education is, you know, a tool to moving yourself forward. But specifically in regards to others, hey, for those who are in the L.A. or in the New York area, when we do New York, please come support, come meaning come Listen, learn, engage. If you've got something that's really going to change education, get involved. You know, come to our events. More importantly, look for other ed tech stuff that's going on out there. From the Gates Foundation on down, they're literally in America alone, and it's not even about the U.S. You, ed tech is taken all over. I know a company, uh, what was it, Brazil, or I think it was Brazil, one of the Latin American companies. They put up money and Anybody from around the world could come there, and what it is, they put up a challenge where the best idea is get $40,000 non-equity investment into their company or grant, and then you move and spend a year there. Um, I want to say Brazil, but I think it was another Latin American company. And then out of that year there, you get to communicate with the language of people there, and then they send you, send you up and spend about two weeks in Silicon Valley to bring you back there. Because so their whole idea is to make you uh, You're talking about uh, uh, Mexico and that spinoff on the uh, on the new me. 
the uh, Mexican Accelerator nope, Program. No, no. Mexican, they're all the same. Yeah, Mexican Accelerator, New Me, they're all the same. They're not spinoffs. They're spinoffs of larger independent angel money that says this is how we're going to spend our money and grow our opportunities. So New Me was giving some money, Mexican BC, their startup Asia, startup Africa. I mean, there are so many different organizations who get it, and, and they'll put some money in media, some money in entertainment, some money in tech and medicine and bio because they're growing. But education is getting some money too, and more importantly, it's getting ideas. So I would want, want more of our listeners and our communities who have ideas to say, you know, I always wanted this thing to happen. Well, put it out there. Get involved. You know, go to Startup EdTech. Go to Startup Weekend Ed. I don't care where you go to. Get your idea out there so that things do happen and more of us understand. Because I'm really, again, I don't like the situation when a lot of our population feels that technology is here today, gone tomorrow, or it ain't baked yet. It's baked, become a cook. Because it's our, you know, food is being prepared. Are we ready? You know, do we have our seat at the table? Is the menu something that we really wanted? Um, James, you know I like to ask you because, and I actually want to talk to you by myself because, you know, well, I'm an okay. idea person, so you know I have a huge list. But we do actually have one person with the Urban Tech Fair. His name is Ted Tillman. And he's actually sent me to a site. He's out in New York, and he's trying to connect with the New York team. But he actually developed software that helps um, – you know, supposed to be an aid for the parent because, you know, working parents are very busy, and by the time they come home, they really don't have time to help their, you know, children do homework. So it's um, a type of tutorial, uh, interactive tutorial program that has really proven to increase, um, you know, students' grades and everything and really help them with their schoolwork and scores test scores. So um, he's looking to actually get that out there. That is one person I know that's looking for support right now. And so he's really trying to connect with the urban tech fair, and he wants to know, you know, how can he move that forward. So the software is actually developed already. Okay. And, um, let me, let me go, go backwards on some things. Applications are software, so maybe let's get some clarity there. Applications, apps is short for applications which is software. Mm-hmm. So, so if he's got software, okay, we're looking for education software. So give him my number, give him my email, let's talk from that point of view. But for anybody who's similar, it's like if you have an education application software like the gentleman you just said, mm-hmm. and if you're looking for finance or you're looking for distribution or you're looking for marketing, I mean, are you looking for a school or a parent group to take it on to buy it or to lease it, I mean, those are the questions that I'm sure that the person has, and but only asking those questions can someone lead them in the in the, the right direction because everybody has a different role. Some companies in the whole EdTech market space, they look at all those questions and they, and they want to play a part, and some are specific. Some only help with the marketing. Some only mm-hmm. help with the financing. Some only help with the distribution. So until I have you know, a specific question your person is looking for, I'm not really sure what they're missing. If it's, just, if it's done, they've gotten some feedback that it does well on what it says, 
And yeah, yeah. He, what I think he's looking for is the mass distribution. You know, he's looking for the mass distribution because you know he's created okay. it. He has it. He, you know, he's proven it, so he has some. But he wants to get it out on a level, okay. and he's just been looking well, for, you know, people who've been serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, but let me let me give you the secret sauce, and because this ain't about me making money. This is about me giving people some information they can move on. The reason that built that the Gates Foundation partnered with um, Facebook. Facebook has a billion people. Mm-hmm. Okay, a billion people is a lot of people. Facebook has more students, more students connect with Facebook, and more parents connect with Facebook than anything else. So if I wanted to reach a lot of people, am I going to get everybody? No. But am I going to get quite a lot? Yes. So my question to your person is, does can his software work on social media? That's number one. Mm-hmm. Because if he could, then if he wants to go out and connect with a bunch of students and parents and not have to go to the education system, that's an easy one to do. Go mm-hmm. do that. Make sure it works on where people already hang out. It's like when the guy says, well, why do you rob banks? Oh, that's where they keep the money. Where, mm-hmm. where do you want to do I won't raise so where do you want to um, – if you want to reach a lot of people and you happen to, and you want some of them to be students and some to be parents and you maybe perhaps don't want to go through the trials and tribulation of trying to get into a particular school system, I look at, like, social media as the opportunity, it's, be it Facebook, Google. They have a big thing called Google Ed. I mean, all these big mm-hmm. social media uh, concerns who are doing well, they have education outreach because they understand – that is just as engaging as the entertainment and news, sports, and games, the other components. Except mm-hmm. in this case, when you engage somebody from an education pursuit, there is a lot more win-win. You know, the student, the parent, the community are yes. economic engines. Yes. So, um, well, you know, I'm definitely going to share with him, like, he's, you know, he's part of the Urban Tech Fair, so... You know, I'm definitely going to share that with him, but it just as he was uh, speaking. I email saying yeah. in the introduction. Awesome. Yeah, so that just brought up, and we do I talk. I know right now, I you know, I have my ideas. I'm looking for developers to be able to convert them, you know, in the, um, you know, to the actual software. I need the developers. I'm, I'm glad, and I'm glad you need to say it that way. You need to be specific. Uh, I need developers. What kind? I want a mobile developer. I want an Android. I want a without asking the question. Yeah, I, I want different, you? you know, different projects, you know, require different things, you know, different. Um, but I do need to know kind of um, how to speak it because, you know, the uh, platform you know, you, has you, changed. You, no, all you have to know, what you need to know is what platform you're looking for and say, I have an idea. I want it to work on this platform. Can you explain to Mr. Developer and Mrs. Developer exactly how you could make my idea work on the platform? And it's their job to talk about the technology. It's your job to come up with an idea that you think would work on it, and you guys come up to media to the minds to make sure that happens. And yeah, well, I have different ideas for different platforms. Yeah, I had different ideas for different platforms because, and, like, one idea has, you know, more than one component because, you know, some things I work on a wholesale B2B level and some things are being worked on, you know, for the main well, public. So, um, right, and I was just having this conversation for the, for the purpose of the viewer so they can get a broader understanding yeah. that, Having an idea doesn't mean you have to be a technologist. It means ideas first, marry that with a technologist, and have the technologist convince you that they have the skill set to help make it work by prior yeah. work or recommendation, and at the same time, be open to listen and learn if your idea can actually work on specific platforms, and more importantly, who specifically are you solving the problem for? Because 
every idea yes. has to solve a problem for a specific yes. group. And just just you know, carry that further with with what James is saying. You know, having an idea is great, but what you want to do is make sure you make it as clear as possible so that you can articulate it. And again, it's with like all business things, you have to know your target audience. So the more defined you have your target audience, the easier it is to know and figure out which platform is going to work best. And um, platforms work best, and what problem you're going to solve? Because sometimes you may come up with an idea to solve a problem, but you may spin it or pivot it or iterate it to another version and say, well, "I really thought this was a problem to solve, but I need to ease it over a little and solve this one." And so. Just the idea of solving problems opens doors. So that's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, knowledge. this is a knowledge economy. Let's not walk away from that, meaning, I, you know, people's thoughts on how to get around or make better experiences they have had or that they know someone has had, this is, the, this is the economy to make that move forward. So more mm-hmm. or less, I want to be engaged in leveraging knowledge economy. On this end, I'm interested in how it helps the learning environment, but the knowledge economy extends everywhere. And, and everything, and some things are physical. I mean, look, I need to throw something out to the word 3D printing. Hopefully, if I can chip in, I want a 3D printer. They got an affordable one coming out, $2,700 at the end of the year. Let me okay. share it with you. Fair. Because you're talking about printers that, that print 3D models of anything that can then be manufactured and replicated almost of any other substance. So the the notion that industrial design has come to the desktop, industrial modeling, where it could be a wrench, a tool for a car, a chipset, a whatever. I mean, there are so My mouth cannot even say any further how much the opportunities are for smart people in general but our community in general to really engage in this 21st century economy as mm-hmm. individuals, as team players, because whether you're hands-on or a great thinker or an artistic or a, you know, it's all open for us. Step up to it. Got questions? Just ask them. That's good. That's really good price. So, hey, he's giving you the wisdom. You have questions. Ask them. We are surrounded by great knowledge, and, again, that's, the to me, the beauty of the Urban Tech Fair is because that's what we're doing. We're bringing together our communities, and you surprised. I didn't know, like, take a place like here in Philadelphia. My block has 99 houses. Mm-hmm. I bet you by the end of this Urban Tech Fair, I'm going to find out somebody on my block or within two or three blocks of me is doing something phenomenal, and my mouth's going to drop. Because this has always it. been. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I, I No doubt. Yeah, so... James, this, uh, James and I both can tell you stories of just conversations that we've had uh, in the uh, uh, metro or, or, you know, just with with people off the street. And, you know, they're phenomenal people all around us. Yes, it, it reminds me sometimes. Yeah, it, it sometimes it like reminds me of the beauty of Harlem, and I think sometimes we get so caught up in other things we forget about the true beauty of our communities. 
and you oh, know, yeah. you know, because like when you walk into Harlem, just say at the National Black Theater, we've done performances. You know, I'm a marketing rep for theater company, so we've been up there doing shows and performances. So I may um, one time one of the singers needed some some tea for his throat. So Juju ran out across the street to a store. She's a stage manager to get him some tea. Well, while she's there, she sees Paul Mooney. And, you know, a lot of times you think people are so, you know, she just said, hey, how you doing? And, you know, she made a joke. I don't want to say it, but from from um, from which call it show. And he said, oh, you got jokes, huh? And, you know, they laughed and talked. We're at the corner. We walk up the street at the corner waiting, either helping somebody bring some props out of a car or something. But while we're there, we meet some people. They say, hi, how you doing? Because they had an outdoor cafe talk. And all. Well, we found this international jazz artist, this woman that we were speaking to. Somebody was with the newspaper. Some, You know, it was like three major people right there. But like I said, we were just walking to the corner helping someone with luggage out of a car with props and things, and the people spoke. And so sometimes I just think if we get open and, as you say, James, willing to talk, if you're willing to speak, willing to say, willing to ask, willing to share, you'd be surprised what's already around you. And it's a lot. I mean, we're people of innovation, but let me be clear. Right now, the big innovation opportunities are about mobile. Mobile is, is meaning a smartphone. If you don't have a smartphone, you will have a smartphone because they're getting rid of anything that's not a smartphone. People carry their phones everywhere. It is their calendar. It is their uh, direction guide. It is their access to the Internet. And in some cases, it's their wallet. I use, I'm a Starbucks fan. I pay for all my Starbucks through my wallet, and eventually all things will be done that way. So we already, as the people, communicate and own a lot of these technologies, but now we have an opportunity to create programming, to create transactional opportunities, to create guides, to create things that really our listeners should, you know, who have been perhaps thinking about things but really said, I don't have the technical expertise or I don't have the capital to engage people. Well, things have come down quite a lot, and more importantly, there are a lot of different ways to engage people other than, you know, I need dollars to do X because people want to solve problems. If you have an opportunity, and particularly in my case, my goal is focused on, again, empowering young minds and the hands that guide them. We want to empower students to be as powerful as they are from pre-K on. We're not interested not just in getting you in high school or middle school, but, you know, I go to Apple or any other source, and I'll see parents that are spending, you know, $100 plus at a time making sure that their child has been able to, you know, follow through with, with their ideas of, and, you know, that's the link to them, that's the Lego log of today, you know, the Lincoln logs when I was a kid. But my, my point is, you know, you know, sacrifice some Nike for, you know, an Android or an Apple or whatever because it's really there is Jim and I go back for saying it's the future. It's not the future, it's today. The future is practice. I don't know what tomorrow is, which is the future, but I know what people do today and then they say they communicate, teach, learn and leverage electronic tools for communication, marketing, distribution to share and discover with each other, and to do transactions for those who want to make money. Well, that's true. So um, we, you know, we've, we're into recording. We've stopped streaming live, but we're still recording. And okay. um, it's been great wisdom. 
we still I still want to let everyone know the the main role we want to play right now is to share and let everyone know the EduTech Summit is going on. And if you're in the LA area, um October seventeenth, attend. If you can't attend, can you get a ticket for someone who who you feel can benefit from attending? You can save five dollars on your ticket by using the code Urban Tech Fair. And then understand, when you attend the EduTech Summit, it is part of Digital Hollywood, so you get the opportunity to engage Digital Hollywood for one-tenth of the cost. So you can't beat it. It's a great mathematical formula. Um, Get out, go out, network. We're going to find out when it's coming to New York. New York. Yeah, and it'll be in New York in November, November the fifteenth, and then we're going to come back again on okay. in March. But, so November yeah. the fifteenth in New York. So that's important because we have a great contingency out in New York, and I can get there. I can get to New York quicker okay. than I can LA. <laughs> okay. And so, and you will be there in New York, right? That is correct. I'm producing the show in all the states and the cities that we do. Yeah. Okay. So oh, we yeah. get to meet the great James Hines. <laughs> in November. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, so I'm, looking for, I'm looking for partners in market. So you know, spread out the the urban tech fair banner and let's let's make these things let's let's do very well because we can and we should. Okay, and what we're going to try to do is really try to get the Philly contingency to come up as well as we have a nice size New York contingency. So oh, we'll yeah, put, and it's going to need some ed tech people, you know, because so, we haven't filled up our panel yet. We're trying, you know, we want ed tech mayors, politicians. We want everybody who's excited about the movement from a technologist to a parent to student. I mean, we want, because this is, you know, this is top and this is bottom up, top down. Yeah. how that rolls. Well, I'm going to send you an invitation. I'm going to send you a note, give you the information. I need you to send an invitation right away to State Representative Curtis Thomas because it takes okay. time to get things on his calendar. So okay. um, get get him the invitation for New York because he here in Philadelphia has done a lot of our tech first. He started the digital um, committee in Harrisburg. He has really been driving um, being forward in technology, and he's actually started with the babies. He started this special program. It's something that we're going to be supporting with our Philly contingency. He gave me so much. When I told him about the urban tech fair movement, he told me everything to do because it was so clear in his mind. Yeah, he opened up a cyber learning center for two to six years old in um, awesome. conjunction okay. with the Edwina Baker Okay. Awesome. That's the so, kind of stuff we want to hear. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I definitely. So I'm going to give you a scheduling secretary, and I want you to send out an invitation to him, and I'll get that information to you tonight, so we can get that on his calendar. Okay. Okay. So, Jim, do you have any closing remarks, sir? Well, Jim, you give us your closing. Well, James, you know, your closing I, remarks. I like the way that you said it earlier. Uh, it's about, uh, uh, as you said, location, 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 share, share, share. Uh, we've got to start passing information around sharing the knowledge. Uh, that's what the Urban Tech Fair is about, highlighting what's already around you. And the Digital Hollywood has been around for 10 years. 
Uh, they've done a lot of good work to include minorities in the film and technology industry. They've opened up the doors for people like James Hines to bring alternative programming in, and we need to get that information out and support them. So we need to tell everybody to share, share, share. If you can't make the event, then uh, buy a ticket for a friend, but share the information. Yes. Or, or definitely give us likes on the definitely give us likes on the uh, on our Facebook, and you know just keep the community growing. I mean, we um, again when the Gates Foundation and others reach out and say that this is about helping African American and Latinos, I would like want a lot of our communities already engaged to be reaching back and saying thank you, and we're here already. So you know it's yes. a two way thing. You know that's that's where I would love to see more of that and run into to great educators, because we're all about, I feel, about empowering young minds and, of course, the hands that help them. And if you have time, I notice it's the day before, so I'm not sure, but on October the 16th, we have the Big Black Hangout with the OKIUTF. So mm -hmm. that's a 24-hour event video that's going to stream across um, Google and YouTube. We would... we. They can slot you some time to come speak about the um, EduTech Summit on October 16th. Okay, so, you know, we'll get that news out, but that'll be another time. We've got the 17th over in L.A. We know we're moving on the, um, the 15th to the um, East Coast. So just everyone listening, that gives you an opportunity to engage. And, you know, Shimon is happy to travel, so you just gave him a reason to travel. <laughs> You know, but um, you'll get an opportunity to meet him as well. So it's um, we're going to gather around. We're going to support, help, and move forward. And for everyone, just stay on the lookout. The Urban Tech Fair, we're really moving forward, and it's starting to happen. So until we got two weeks, we'll see everyone in two weeks. And just join us at www.urbantechfair.org. Join us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, Google+, and um, Twitter. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.